Alright guys, welcome back to A Bitch and a Witch. Today we are doing a special episode. By we, I mean me, because Sam unfortunately going through a couple things, couldn't join us this week. So we deliberated, uh, thought about either not releasing anything or eventually me just doing a mini episode. So that's what I decided on. Wanted to at least get something out there for you guys. Hopefully find some enjoyment out of it. And since Sam couldn't be here, I decided to talk more about scary movies because tis the season. And I love them. I can talk about them for a pretty long time. Um, I don't think this will be a long episode. I think I'll just kind of uh, go over a few of my favorites or maybe like Hidden Gems, that type of thing. Uh, but I thought maybe people would enjoy it. Just get a little mini episode out there. So welcome to the mini episode, spoopy episode. So yeah, first of all, I guess <laughs> I'll say it's a really weird recording without Sam. I am not used to recording on my own. I'm not sure how anybody does it. Just having somebody else here with you kind of just makes it a lot better. And also, for some reason, my mic does not work with my laptop. We usually record on Sam's laptop. So hopefully the audio is okay. I'm just kind of recording it uh, directly from the laptop. So I guess we'll find out. <laughs> but I apologize, it's probably not the same type of quality we're used to here. So anyways, moving on to horror movies. So my relationship with horror is pretty interesting, I guess, because I haven't always liked it. I started out uh, when I was younger. Definitely, definitely a lot of things scared me enough that I didn't want to really, like, pursue them that much. I remember for one example watching, I don't, I'm not, I don't know, I guess you would call it a goofy movie like nowadays, but when I was a kid it was really intense, but it was called Reign of Fire. Uh, it was actually a cool memory. My grandpa went, took me to go see it because he knew I loved dragons and stuff like that. So that's a movie all about dragons and what would happen if they kind of emerged in the modern world and attacked people and stuff like that. But I just remember just kind of the opening few minutes just really I got really creeped out. I almost wanted to leave. And he was like, are you sure? Because, like, we can leave if you want to, but I think it'll be fun. I think you'll enjoy it if you just keep watching. Uh, so, I, obviously, I stayed and watched it in good memory with my grandpa, who I miss a lot. But, yep, that <laughs> so earlier on when I was younger, kind of a similar thing happened, too, when my family went to see The Mummy. Not a scary movie at all, obviously, but uh, when you're a kid, it can be a little bit creepy. Just, like, the first thing that happens is, like, the title screen, and there's, like, a the mummy screaming in the background, and it just kind of freaked me out, so I made my mom, like, take me somewhere else while my siblings watched the rest of the movie. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I've not always been a fan of horror. I kind of grew into it over time, which is weird, because I know we talked about on the 90s culture, or, like, our culture as we grew up. I know on that episode, I mentioned all those really, like, somewhat twisted, kind of creepy cartoons, shows, all that type of stuff that I was super into. So I don't really know, like, I guess just it's different with a lot of these movies are, like, live action, and I guess it just made it, like, a lot more intense for me. I'm not sure that's kind of the one theory I've thought of. But anyways, as I got a little bit older, I became more and more interested in the genre, uh, started checking movies out here and there, and obviously now I love it, so I can't stop watching them. <laughs> one of the first movies that I can remember actively seeking out as far as, like, the horror genre I uh, watched it with a group of friends. I think we were in middle school, or maybe like just about to start middle school, but it was called The Descent. Very good movie. Not necessarily that it's like the greatest horror movie ever or anything like that, but I'll always definitely enjoy it because it's the first one that I remember kind of seeking out. It was kind of a cool event. We all watched it, kind of got creeped out at the same time, you know, together, just kind of watching it as an experience. Um, there's also, I apologize, I don't remember the name of the artist. Uh, but the cover of this movie is pretty awesome. It's based off of a famous piece of art where a group of women pose, and it's kind of like arranged. They're arranged in a way where you're looking at them, and they look like the outline of a skull. 
Uh, so it's a really cool piece of artwork, but great marketing idea by the people behind The Descent. They made a kind of like a replica of that for the cover of that movie. Um, so it's about a group of women, actually, which is very fitting, tying into the themes of the movie. Uh, a group of mo- women who went on an adventure. Uh, they're, they're kind of like a close-knit group of friends who haven't, haven't quite spent as much time with each other. They wanted to go out and kind of just, you know, rekindle that bond between them. And they go spelunking and explore this cave that's kind of like a... It's not really fully mapped out, so people know it's there, but nobody's, like, gone through and... And really, like, it's just not a cave that people really go into. So, of course, the group of people go into it, and tons of shenanigans happen. It gets really intense by the end of it. <laughs> Lots of people die. Uh, very good movie, though. I, I like it still to this day. I think it maybe doesn't hold up to rewatching as much as some of the other ones that I'm going to talk about. But as kind of like an intro to horror, it's it's a very good movie. It's definitely fun. Like, you know, if even if you're watching it again and you're not quite getting scared because you know what to expect, I still think it's a fun movie to watch. So, The Descent came out in 2005. I don't remember, I don't think I watched it that year, maybe somewhere around there, but uh, yeah, one of the first horror movies I ever watched. Uh, always going to kind of be special to me for that reason. Moving on from there, I really just kind of started watching them any chance I got, uh, which wasn't super often. I never like watched them with my parents or anything like that. Occasionally watched them with my siblings, uh, mostly with just my other friends and things like that. So, the next one that I really remember watching is The Grudge. And The Grudge is another one that's always going to be special special to me, partly because of that reason, because it's one of the early ones that I watched. Uh, I think also partly just because it's super, really creepy, and the things, there's there's different aspects to horror. There's, you know, supernatural, there's ones that are a little bit more realistic, there's ones that are like body horror, where it's just like really strange things happening, or like torture. I don't watch a lot of the torture stuff, honestly, like personally speaking, I don't enjoy it that much. But the thing that I really liked about The Grudge is just, you know, it's a supernatural movie, it's about ghosts. Uh, but basically it's just like the ghosts are doing things that make you so, so fucking uncomfortable that it's just terrifying. Um, I don't want to talk about too many of the big moments cause I, you know, if you somehow haven't seen it, it's definitely still worth watching and being surprised by all the moments, but one little moment just to give you an idea. It's about, so basically I guess I should say the movie is about a house that had such a terrible event happen that it's, it's like super cursed. There's always going to be these two ghosts in this house. There's more, but those are like the two main ones, and they just kind of get stuck in this revolving door of chaos and murder, and there's always something bad happening uh, because the house is cursed. Um, so that is kind of like the basis of the movie, but what I wanted to bring up was like, you know, the ghost just doing things that make you super uncomfortable. There's a little boy ghost, which is automatically creepy, and there's also a, a young lady who's also a ghost, uh, but this one kind of sets up all these Japanese or Asian horror, like tropes or the kind of common themes that you're going to see in a lot of horror like from that time onward so it's like really pale kids like ghosts with super long hair hair is like a big part of the movie creepy noises uh the the main ghost i'm sure you've heard the grudge noise you know like there's just all these things she walks a really just disturbing manner she like walks backwards you know like kind of bent at weird angles and things like that uh the one specific moment of the movie i was going to mention is that one uh, one character starts to realize things is happening, like hauntings are happening to them, or what, whatever you want to call it. And they get back to their house. Uh, they think they're safe, and they like, kind of like run to the bed, get under the covers and everything. And next thing you know, the ghost comes <laughs> slowly from the end of the bed, crawls up under the sheets, and crawls up and and sticks her face out of the covers, like you know, next to the main ca- or that character's face. So it's like you know, just really disturbing stuff that 
I don't know, it just really gets under your skin <laughs> if you kind of picture it happening to you. So The Grudge, that movie came out in 2004. Uh, another cool thing about The Grudge, it is a remake. So Japanese horror, Asian horror in general, started to become really popular. And something that happened was like a lot of American studios started basically remaking these movies because they didn't think American audiences were going to watch the originals or get into the originals because it's a foreign language film. So they would remake them, keeping, you know, a lot of the same ideas, a lot of the same script, and just kind of reworking it into English. Uh, sometimes it worked out pretty well, and sometimes it didn't. The thing actually you like about The Grudge is that it is made by the original director who came up with the idea, uh, made the first movie. So the original is called Juwan The Grudge, you know, came out a few years prior. He, the director, you know, it became a pretty popular in that realm of people. Uh, so he got the opportunity to remake it for the American audiences. And I would say it's one of the best examples of that because I do actually like the American one better. Uh, I think just the way they structure the story, it just makes more sense. And it's just as creepy or nearly as creepy as the original. So yeah, The Grudge, super good one. So kind of moving on from there, just maybe kind of a few different, I guess, like categories you would say that I wanted to touch on. Uh, one movie that really started making horror like popu like super popular in America was Insidious or really just anything that director did. His name is James Wan, a really talented guy. Insidious was one of my, definitely one of my favorites from him, but he also did like The Conjuring, uh, tons of movies you've heard of and probably seen. But Insidious came out in 2010, and it's another supernatural movie. It's sort of the idea that it's not necessarily the house that's haunted, it's it's this kid. <laughs> so he, it's a family. They they move to the uh, they move to this house. Uh, the kid becomes they don't really know what's going on, but the kid basically goes into a coma and lots of creepy shit starts happening. So they slowly but surely start to investigate, start to understand what's happening, and kind of the long and short of it is that there's this he the kid is like astral projecting, so he's going out into these alternate universes basically, and he ends up bringing back a really, like, foul spirit, a really evil spirit, kind of attaches itself to him and, and kind of comes back and is trying to take over his body. Uh, so that's the idea of the movie. It's really cool. Uh, just kind of exploring some of those concepts in mainstream movies that you don't really hear about, like astral projection. You know, people on the witchy side of things have heard of it probably, but a lot of just kind of every average, everyday people don't really know much about it. So not to say that it's, like, accurate <laughs> the way they portray it or anything like that, but, you know... It is cool just just seeing it on the screen and seeing more people exposed to it, but also just a very a very creepy movie. That director, one thing that I do like about him, he does use a lot of jump scares, but they're not really, at least not so much in his earlier movies, they're not really like fake jump scares, like it's just not a super loud noise that makes you jump, but it's actually not anything threatening. So when he has big jump scare moments, it's usually the actual like ghost or demon or whatever that's that's there, like making you fear for your life so <laughs> uh, so that's something I appreciate appreciate about you know the way he makes his movies uh, but also just that there's so much like subtlety especially I would say in Insidious he does it some a little bit in like The Conjuring and stuff like that too but I think Insidious did it the best where there's all these little moments in the background that are really creepy but they're not focused on so it's actually easy to miss if you're not actually paying like close attention you might not see some of these ghosts or some of these creepy moments going on in the background um, but so yeah, I mean, that's, that's a movie I respect a lot for all those reasons. Um, I think it still holds up. It's still really good. And like I said, he's, he was definitely one of the big reasons that horror movies really just kind of pushed past that initial barrier where they were 
kind of popular, but they're still kind of like niche, smaller groups of people going to see these movies. Um, I feel like definitely him, Paranormal Activity came out a couple years before Insidious. I think that was another one. So there's there's kind of this time period that I, th- I feel like horror really started to become one of the biggest genres. Uh, a lot of people going to see these movies, even if it's not like a super well-known movie, if it even just kind of came out of the blue, uh, a lot of people started just to go see any horror movie that came out. So I think that was kind of around that time. Uh, that's something I would credit to him. So cool for that reason. Something else I wanted to touch on was anthologies. So these are, if you're not familiar, it's just like a it's a movie that has several uh, short films kind of within it. Sometimes they're tied together uh, with with different characters or different moments, but not always. Sometimes they're just completely unrelated stories. Maybe like like with a similar theme or um, something along that way. That so there's usually like some reason they're all bundled together into one movie. Uh, but I was gonna bring up a couple examples. I think especially for this time of the year, Trick or... Ooh, let me try that again. <laughs> trick or a Treat. So that is a that's one of the, I would say, one of the best anthologies when it comes down to like horror movies. Not necessarily that it's super scary or anything like that, but it's just a lot of fun. Um, it's well put together. Um, there's not really like a bad segment in it, I would say, even if you don't enjoy them, some of them as much as others. Uh, they're all like a, a pretty decent level of quality. And it's just fun, especially this time of the year, close to Halloween. Um, it's a pretty fun one just to kind of watch and enjoy. That came out in 2007. So that one, I think, does tie together a few of the characters. Uh, the stories are mostly unrelated, but there are some similar characters. Um, mainly the little trick-or-treat kid. He's definitely one of my favorite segments in him, but he's he's pretty creepy. But I think he shows up in a couple of the different segments. It's been a little while since I've seen it, but I'd, I would definitely recommend it. It's a fun Halloween movie. Another anthology is VHS. So if you're going to watch the first one, you might as well watch the second one. They both have a few really good segments and a few just kind of mediocre or... I'm trying to remember. I, I think there's a couple segments that are just kind of not good at all. But it makes up for it just with the ones that are good, I would say, are like pretty decent. And this one's a little bit more so on the creepy side compared to like Trick or Treat. There's definitely some segments that will get under your skin and, and creep you out quite a bit, I think. For most people, at least. Um, VHS 1 and 2. So that came out in 2012 and 2013. I guess there is also another one called VHS Viral. I have not seen that one, so I can't really say whether it's any good. The thing I liked about the VHS movie was that they used different directors for all the different short films. So some of them are like pretty well-known. They've kind of gone on to make their own name in the horror genre, things like that. But definitely some pretty cool segments. There's a lot of monsters... Uh, there's like some cult activity, different things like that. So I would say it's definitely worth checking them out. Um, consistency wise, it's not quite as consistent as trick or treat, but I think the highs are pretty high. So it makes it worth it. Just kind of watch, watch all of them. You know, it's not like they're super long or anything. You can watch some of these shorter ones and kind of pick it up later on if you don't want to watch all of it. So, uh, yeah, VHS definitely worth checking out as well. Now, moving on, like I mentioned, there's kind of different genres are kind of like different focuses within horror. Uh, One movie I definitely wanted to bring up that is more so on the realistic side, uh, that really just creeps the hell out of me, is The Strangers. It is a movie that came out in 2008, and it is loosely based on real events, and a lot of these movies will say that. (laughs) Um, So the events did not happen the way they're portrayed necessarily, the ending isn't the same, uh, that type of thing, but it is an extremely creepy movie just because there's no supernatural powers, there's no monster, there's no 
there's no like stretch of the imagination really like this could happen it does happen and it's basically a, a couple I can't remember the exact circumstances I think they're like renting a cabin house just to kind of get away for like a short a short little trip but what happens is that three basically just three serial killers like start to terrorize them and do their best throughout the whole movie to, to murder both of them so it's really really intense it doesn't like I said it just doesn't it doesn't rely on anything like out of the ordinary or impossible it's it's this type of thing that does happen and you're kind of getting a, a view on what happens if you're unfortunately like a victim of these people the characters are very like just grounded just normal people you know they're they're fighting back they're trying to find a way to survive this situation but you know you're going up against a serial killer who is prepared for this has done it before uh, they know exactly what to do to terrorize you just to drive you you know basically drive you insane while they're hunting you trying to kill you uh, so it's a really creepy movie. Now, it's not supernatural per se, but they the, the killers do wear these just like creepy masks. It kind of just ramps it up to another, another level where, you know, you feel almost as if they're unearthly creatures because they're wearing weird disguises, weird costumes. Just the things that they're doing. Like I said, it's all very deliberate. They're They're trying really hard just to terrorize these people before they kill them. So yeah, it is worth checking out. Holds up very well. I believe they made some sequels and stuff like that. I never really saw any of the other ones, but the first one for sure is, is worth checking out. And I know I touched a little bit on Asian horror, but that is definitely one of my favorite kind of like overall genres of horror. I don't know. I got, I got actually like a book that describes quite a few of them and kind of like why they were influential and uh, different things that they did well. So I don't know. That's It's always been something I've been interested in, probably because The Grudge was like one of my first couple movies that I watched. And I loved it so much, so I just kind of started seeking more out. And there's just tons and tons of Asian horror movies, so, you know, you can... There's just no way I can mention them all. But I wanted to, like, throw out a few of them that kind of have been, like, the most impactful to me. Some of them pretty well-known, some of them not so much. Uh, so hopefully, if you like the genre, you can find a few that you've not heard of yet and, and check them out. But just to start things off, there was one called Shudder. Now, this is... I mentioned, like, American remakes. This is one that had an American remake, and it's just really unfortunate because that remake is just not very good. And the original is brilliant. It still holds up as one of my favorite kind of, like, psychological thriller type of movies, horror movies in general. But especially as far as, like, the Asian movies, it's it's super good. Now, it came out in... The original one came out in 2004. It's actually a movie from Thailand, which is really cool. You don't really see like a ton of those, or at least I don't. I don't think they've kind of broken into the mainstream the same way like Japanese movies have. Uh, but Shutter, it is about a young couple, like you know, late twenties, early thirties, and the boyfriend is a photographer. And basically, the idea of the movie is that your photographs are capturing basically these spirits that are not fully in the physical world, <laughs> uh, but they are lingering, and their spirit is there, and they are like interacting with people and you know you don't always realize it i'm not going to spoil too much of the plot because it is really there's a lot of super good twists in that movie but that's the basic idea of it and it's just i've always been interested in just the idea of like ghosts and like the interactions with like modern day technology and just kind of like different ways that people can use that to, to kind of bring about these like really creepy moments so in this one it's specifically with photographs they start to kind of <laughs> see these ghosts in the photographs and it, it just gets creepier and creepier as it goes on uh, the main twist towards the end of the movie is, is absolutely excellent one of my favorite twists so yeah i would definitely check that one out very solid um i don't know if it's like streaming anywhere but it's definitely one i would recommend seeking out find it somewhere 
and watch it, even if you have to pay like 20 bucks, you know, it's it's definitely worth it. Uh, moving on from that, one of the most creative movies on this list, I would say, is Recycle. This is a movie from 2006. It is actually Chinese, uh, from a, two directors who are brothers. I'm a huge fan of this movie. I don't think it's like super well-known, and that's one of the reasons I wanted to talk about it, because it's just so freaking creative. A lot of the ideas it uses are really awesome. Just kind of, I don't know, Just you just don't really see a lot of that type of stuff. Definitely like in American cinema. But even among its kind of like peers and the Asian Asian horror movies, it just does a lot of really interesting things. Uh, so I would definitely seek this one out as well. I'm trying to decide if I want to talk a lot about the plot because it just it gets super crazy. Um, and I don't want to spoil too much about it, but kind of a, a basic premise is that the main character is an author. Uh, she's trying really hard to come up with these like high quality stories. And uh, the first few, maybe like 15, 20 minutes of the movie, she's... It seems like it's going to be like a pretty straightforward like Asian ghost story. She's she's getting haunted in her apartment as she's trying to write this book, but it pretty quickly turns into something completely different, and it starts to focus more so on the idea of like these authors or these artists, these these people who are creating content. What exactly is happening to all these ideas that they discard and and throw to the wayside? And so for this story specifically, it's it starts to become like her ideas are alive, basically, and some of them come back to haunt her, <laughs> um, and it is excellent, it's so good, it's so creative, uh, really creepy, especially early on, uh, by the end it's actually super, um, I almost want to say, like, dramatic, it, it very much pulls on your heartstrings, so, uh, it's an excellent movie, I don't think enough people know about it, uh, definitely check out Recycle. Now, kind of moving forward, I'm going to talk about The Wailing. Now, this is an extremely good movie, it is from South Korea, and it came out in 2016. The reason I wanted to talk about it is because it is kind of a hard sell, and I definitely understand this. As I get older, I just, it's a lot harder for me to watch a really long movie. If it's like pretty well over two hours, that's a big investment of time if you're, you know, an adult, if you have kids, full-time job, all that type of stuff. It just gets a lot harder to watch, just sit down and watch a three-hour movie um, the older you get, or that's, that's been my experience at least. I still like them. I love films. I will always watch a film if I if I think it's going to be worth it. But I just want to throw that disclaimer out there. I think that's the reason why I wanted to talk about it, because it is really long. Uh, it's Korean, it's, you know, it's Asian, so it's, some people don't really watch things if they're in subtitles. It is absolutely worth it. It's a really good movie. Uh, amazing acting, amazing direction, lots and lots of twists. This one, too, as you would hope for a longer movie. Um, the basic premises, again, I, a lot of these movies, I'm not going to talk super in-depth about the plot. Uh, because I don't want to spoil things. But for this one, it's about a town that really just starts to get ransacked by this sickness. And the main character's daughter becomes sick, so he's basically doing everything in his power to figure out what's going on, why is she sick, how can I make her better, and kind of like the lengths he goes to, and some of the out-of-the-box measures they start taking to try to figure this out, because they eventually decide it's some kind of curse, or it's more like spiritual in nature. Uh, so there's a big character that's like a shaman. They bring him in to try to like clear out this curse, and it, it just is really good. It's, it's it gets really intense. There's lots of twists, like I said. Uh, the wailing, check it out. It is worth it. I know it's long, but it is definitely worth the watch, especially if you like horror, or especially if you want to check out uh, some Korean movies. So I think Korea is starting to get the spotlight because people realize how talented a lot of these actors and directors are. Um, so if you're wanting to delve a little bit deeper into that, The Wailing is a really good place to start. 
Now, I was also going to talk about another movie from South Korea, so I guess now is a good time for that. And this one is a little bit less of a horror movie, a little bit more of like a thriller, crime thriller, uh, but it's extremely dark, so I think it still definitely fits within the horror genre. And that is called I Saw the Devil, and it's a movie, let's see, it came out in 2010. Uh, like I said, another South Korean movie. Now, <laughs> um, out of everything that I'm talking about, this is the most extreme movie. So if you're going to watch it, you definitely need to be aware of that. Uh, it's hard to watch. It's hard to recommend. But it is so good that I think there are people out there who would kind of interested enough in the genre. Know, if you know what you're getting into, it's definitely worth the watch. Uh, you just have to kind of be aware of that. <laughs> There's uh, some really extreme stuff that happens in it. It's very violent, very gory, and it's also very, like, dark, like I mentioned earlier, so there's, like, cannibals, there's several serial killers, one of the main villains kind of has, like, uh, he's not, like, only a pedophile, but he, he definitely, like, dabbles in that, so kind of the idea of the movie is that this detective is married, and, you know, he's he's pretty young, he gets married, it's a, you know, they love each other a lot, they're, they're a very happy couple, and they kind of end up getting in an accident, and the main villain of the film appears and he decides to actually kidnap the wife and basically tortures her and ends up killing her. Uh, the main character is a t detective so he's able to kind of figure out who did it and the whole movie after that is about him repeatedly capturing and releasing this evil serial killer of you know basically trying his best to torture this guy and you know he eventually wants to kill him but he wants to make sure that he really suffers uh, because he's just extremely hell-bent on revenge in the most extreme way that he can get it. So he is, like, beating the ever-living shit out of this guy, following him around everywhere he goes. Gives him free reign, in a sense, where he kind of, like I said, he kind of, like, releases him back into society every so often, but he follows him, he knows exactly what he's doing. Anytime the guy tries to, like, commit a new crime or, like, hurt somebody, uh, the cop intervenes, catches him again, beats the shit out of him again. It just kind of, it gets more elaborate as time goes on and starts to get even more and more twisted because the serial killer really is like, he knows how to push people's buttons, you know, he didn't, he didn't get what he, where he was by accident. So he kind of starts to like enjoy getting the tor like tortured and he starts to like really mess with the cop's mind in that way and, you know, lots and lots of stuff happens in this movie. It's, it's very dark, but it, it is an excellent piece of like filmography, just the way they shot it. Uh, the acting of the two main characters is phenomenal. Uh, it's an extremely good movie. If you are okay with kind of like the more extreme side of the horror genre, I would definitely say check it out if you've not seen it. I'm also not used to talking straight straight through this much. You know, we kind of <laughs> we both kind of take turns talking, so I apologize if, if my voice goes out or if I sound weird. Kind of trying to adjust to, to talk the whole time. <laughs> but anyways, I Saw the Devil, 2010. Check it out. Uh, next movie I was going to talk about is, uh, once again, a movie that got remade in the America, um, American side of things, but that's called Ringu, more well-known as The Ring, obviously. Now, I think The Ring is, like, pretty decent. It holds a lot of the same ideas. They did, they did an okay job with it as far as the remake. But the reason I wanted to bring up Ringu, or, you know, the original version that came out in 1998, is just because it is so, like, tonally different. So the whole atmosphere is more bizarre more creepy, um, the story's a little bit less focused, so it's a little bit more like a, like a nightmare the whole time, uh, just kind of a repetition of this really, like, creepy music, creepy scenery, so it's definitely worth checking out, if you've not seen the original, 
or even if you've not seen The Ring, like, you know, you can check that one out as well. I, I, like I said, I think it's like a pretty decent remake as far as those go. But the, the Ringu, the original, it's it's very different than I think a lot of other horror movies. It's it's very atmospheric. It's it's pretty messed up in that sense. You know, it, it'll creep you out just because it's it's so, like, oppressive with its tone and with its just kind of weirdness. Um, so I think it stands out because of that. Uh, it's definitely worth checking out. And probably the last one I'll talk about, just as far as, like, Asian cinema or Asian horror movies, is Uzumaki. Now, I absolutely love this movie. It is so bizarre, though, that I think it is going to struggle <laughs> uh, struggle to find an audience. So it is actually based off of uh, a very popular horror artist, uh, writer, and he mostly makes uh, manga, which is, like, comic books in Japan. Junji Ito is his name. His work is pretty excellent. I I read the original like manga that Uzumaki was based off of, also called Uzumaki, and that is awesome as well. But the movie, uh, they don't end things the same. They don't keep all of the same characters, but they do keep a lot of the same events of this movie, or this story, I should say. And it's just really bizarre. I like it because it's it's super unusual, just from like a storytelling perspective. It's not so much about any one character. It's more so about this town as a whole and this curse of spirals that happens and kind of like the things that happen to a lot of the people in the town because of it. Uh, so it's a little bit non-traditional in the way that it's told. There is technically a main character, but it's mostly just about this just long sequence of bizarre events that keep happening and it kind of gets more and more twisted as it goes on. But so basically, yeah, the idea that there's this evil just kind of curse on the town about spirals so they start showing up everywhere and people start dying and in spiral related incidents and it just kind of gets gets further crazy you know crazier from there so people start turning into snails because there's a spiral on the shell people's hair starts turning into really crazy spiral shapes and starts like attacking people there's like whirlpools uh, one guy like twists himself up into a spiral shape like inside of a pot like it's just really bizarre shit <laughs> uh, I really like the movie. I think probably not a ton of people have seen it. Now, they're actually making, like, an anime adaptation of the original manga as well. I'm pretty excited for that. I think they're they're trying to stay a little bit more faithful uh, to the original story in that. Uh, but the movie, I would definitely say it's worth checking out. It's just, it's just very different. It's a little bit more towards that body horror category that I was talking about earlier, where it's just kind of, like, disturbing shapes, <laughs> uh, disturbing images... It's just really, it is also kind of dreamlike, um, not quite as like nightmarish compared to like Ringu, but it's very dreamlike, just kind of bizarre. You don't feel like you're watching real life. You feel like you're watching this super like acid trip type of, type of thing. It, I don't know. It, it's a pretty cool experience. I would, I would suggest checking it out. Uzumaki, it came out in the year 2000 and that is a Japanese movie as well. Uh, so those are some Asian movies. There, like I said, there's tons and tons. There's a lot that I like that I, that I really do enjoy that I didn't bring up at all. So it's a deep genre, and um, if you want more recommendations, I can definitely spread some of those out there, you know, I, I can talk more with, with anybody, I'd, I'd always be glad to do that, but next I wanted to talk about a couple movies, uh, basically just kind of like the perspective of modern classics, movies that I think really did a lot for the horror genre, a um, little bit more recent movies than some of the other ones I'm talking about, definitely some of my all-time favorites, uh, movies that stuck with me immediately. So I'm only talking about two here, but that would be, the first one is The Witch, which I'm sure <laughs> any of you who know me probably know how much I love this movie. It came out in 2015. 
Now, one of the craziest things to me about The Witch is that it's this guy's first movie, like his first feature film, and he just freaking absolutely nailed it, you know, knocked it out of the park. Everything is so meticulously crafted. Uh, it's an incredible story, uh, incredible acting. It has so much, basically, like, deeper meaning to it. I think I mentioned that as well when I was talking about uh, Ra. It's just that pretty much all these movies, really, you know, most of them have a lot of deeper meaning to them. And you can really start to pick apart the kind of like the themes or why somebody would make this into a movie. Like, what does this scary thing represent? Why is it like a, it's hitting a cultural nerve, you know? So there's a lot of that about The Witch for me personally. And I guess I should put that disclaimer as well. <laughs> uh, so the character, you know, there are witches in this movie and, and they're evil. So I don't think that about witches, obviously. Um, I think a, a real witch, especially in modern times, is very different. Uh, but this is a story told from the perspective of, you know, the pilgrimage or like very like early days of America, at least as far as like European people are concerned. This family gets exiled because they're just kind of real weird. They're kind of even in, even in the kind of religious terms of that community, they are like the extreme religious family. So they kind of get themselves ostracized, and the dad decides that it's going to be fine. He's just going to go, they're going to build a farm out in the middle of nowhere, and they're going to be fine. <laughs> and uh, they're definitely not fine. <laughs> a witch lives in the woods nearby to them, and pretty much right off the bat, kidnaps a baby, kills it, and, you know, bathes, bathes in its blood. <laughs> so, like I said, it is not... The, the reason I like it is because when you start to peel back the layers, you start to, like, really analyze the movie. It is kind of just showing the, the harmfulness of... Christianity, when you start to get to these really, really uh, legalistic sects of Christianity where they don't practice what they preach, but they are so intense about when they preach it that they push everybody else away, they isolate themselves, you know, they're, they're hateful, they're angry, uh, they're prideful, there's, there's all these meanings to it, so that's one of the reasons I like it. I kind of came across it as I was realizing just how little I really relate to Christianity anymore as a whole, and... On top of that, it is very, very creepy. It's it's a slow-paced movie. It's probably the slowest-paced movie on this whole list. Um, I'm okay with that. Some people aren't. If you're not okay with that, I think it is still fascinating, kind of just as a period piece. You know, it's it's set in those early days. Things are just kind of bizarrely different just because it's, it's so far away from what we're used to as a society. Um, so I think it's creepy for that reason as well. It's just putting you outside of your element. And these people are utterly alone. <laughs> they can't find help. If they have to go back to the town to find help, that's like several days away. They have to like ride on horse to get there. It's it's still going to take several days. So they start to have all these bad things happen and they can't even go to anybody to try to get help. Even just as far as like no electricity, you know, that's that's something we're just not used to. So they're in this house in the middle of the woods. It's extremely dark when it, when the sun goes down. And they have several candles all throughout the house, but they're still, like, you're looking in the corners of this house, and it's, like, pitch black. Um, so it just sets up a lot of really creepy moments. It's an excellent story. I, I really love it. I wrote a huge thing online about it that I posted to Facebook. <laughs> so if you are bored, or if you like the movie, or if you're wanting to kind of start looking into it on a deeper level, uh, feel free to reach out to me. I will send you the giant, giant thing that I wrote that not very many people read, uh, but I collected a lot of my thoughts on the movie because it was just really impactful to me, but it's absolutely awesome. I'm really excited. Uh, this director 
has made one more movie since then, The Lighthouse, which is also a really excellent movie. It's also pretty bizarre. I don't think it's uh, kind of like a widespread appeal, but it's worth checking out as well. He's making more movies here coming up, and I'm just really just can't wait to see what he's capable of because his first two movies have been extremely excellent, just definitely a cut above the standard horror uh, that you're seeing kind of churned out year after year. Uh, which brings me to my other, which I would consider a modern classic, and it is actually a really similar situation. This is this guy's first feature, feature-length movie. He basically just kind of came out of nowhere. It was immediately famous because the movie is so good, so well-received, just so brilliantly put together. And that, if you have not guessed yet, that was Hereditary. And that movie came out in 2018, uh, so it came out a few years after The Witch, but still pretty close to that same time period. And especially when you take into consideration, like, you know, it takes a while to film and edit and release these movies. So it was probably being made around the same time or shortly after The Witch. So the thing about Hereditary is that there's not a single wasted scene in this entire movie. Everything that they show is for a reason, ties deeper back into the rest of the story, even if you don't realize it until late in the movie or, you know, if you don't realize it until you're rewatching it. It's just so meticulous. And I don't think every movie has to be like that, but I do really appreciate the thought that went into this one. It's super well put together. It's extremely creepy. It's extremely disturbing. Uh, the atmosphere that he sets up throughout this whole movie is just is excellent. And it really kind of keeps you on your feet. There's a few big twists that happen throughout it, but you just don't really know where to focus your attention because so many things could be happening here. Uh, so it's a really excellent story. It's all centered around one family for the most part and kind of the generational things that have happened um, to kind of lead them to where they are now and kind of like the this, this series of events that unfold all relate back to just all this stuff that's been building up for decades. Um, that's why it's called Hereditary. So it is basically the events of the movie are set off when the grandma and the family dies and basically right after the funeral just really creepy shit starts to happen. They they can't really figure out why until a lot later on. You think it's kind of like a straightforward ghost movie, but it's not. <laughs> um, so I definitely don't want to spoil anything, but I would definitely check it out. There's one of the, I would say one of the best acted like horror movie scenes out of anything that I've watched in a very long time at least. But it um, again, I'm not trying to spoil anything, but it's a movie, or I'm sorry, it's a scene where somebody is grieving and it just feels like 100% real. It feels like this is, <laughs> it feels like you're really watching somebody who just lost a close family member. And it's just absolutely traumatizing. <laughs> um, and some other very, very disturbing events happen, uh, you know. So it's excellent. Um, it has a really kind of, I don't want to say bizarre twist, but it, it has a twist that you just don't, I don't think a lot of people saw it coming. I certainly didn't see it coming but it puts things into a different perspective as you're rewatching it. And you do actually start to see all these hints that have been strewn throughout, strewn throughout the movie. You know, it, it was set up. It's not like it came out of the blue, but you just don't really, you just don't realize it the first time you're watching. So it is a credible movie, just really fantastic storytelling and the way he tied all of this stuff together. And it's all just, it's all so good. It's, it's excellent. Um, so kind of speaking to his future career as well, he did also release another movie called Midsummer. Uh, I talked briefly about that one as well because it's kind of a, similar to The Witch. It's, it's about paganism. It's about this, this group of people, um, I believe in Sweden, and they kind of 
take their practices and take their rituals to the extreme. <laughs> so it's an excellent movie. It's also very different. It's very trippy. Um, so it's it's interesting as a horror movie because it's set like almost completely in daylight. So it's very different. It's it's definitely worth watching. Uh, but just kind of another disclaimer there. I don't think it's necessarily like he. I don't think the maker of these movies. I don't think he thinks that real pagans act like that. <laughs> you know, he's just trying to take. He's just trying to tell a good story, and he's using these kind of common fears that people have. Um, and we, I think we talked a lot about that too, just during the pagan ep- episode. Like, yeah, people are afraid of pagans because, for some reason, they equate that to like human sacrifice or animal sacrifice, and it's just definitely not so much the case. But there's a lot of those kind of cultural fears that that movie plays to. Um, so he's another brilliant filmmaker. I think Hereditary, especially, is like a modern classic. Definitely check it out, along with The Witch, if you've not seen either of those and you're interested in horror. And then just kind of wrapping things up, I wanted to talk about a small group of movies that I really just kind of feel like have flown a little bit under the radar, uh, deserve more attention than what they're getting. I probably won't talk about them super in-depth or anything like that. But just to throw a few out there, uh, there is The Ritual. That is a movie from 2017. Um, and it honestly is just so good for how little people talk about it. Uh, it's a really excellent movie. Pretty creepy. It, it gets pretty creepy, especially by the end of it, as things start to really unfold. Um, definitely check it out. Let's see here. The Invitation was another one I wanted to bring up. And kind of similar to uh, one of the other ones I mentioned, it's a little bit more of a thriller compared to a horror movie. But it is pretty awesome. It's... it's um, really unsettling just the you feel this tension really throughout the whole movie and you're just not entirely sure why and then as it starts to go crazy at the end you're like yeah I I knew it I knew something was happening here and the cool thing about that movie is that's like the main character like he is the only one out of this huge group of people that knows anything is wrong and they all think he's just overreacting oh just just sit back down just five more minutes you know we're gonna leave soon it's fine you're being weird, you need to stop it. <laughs> of course, it turns out at the end that he was right the whole time, and it, it just, it really pays off. All that tension really pays off. It's a great movie. Uh, so The Invitation, that was from 2015. Um, the next one I'm going to talk about is It Follows. Now, I think that's probably a little bit well-known than some of the other ones on the list, but I think it's just, it's a really great modern horror movie. Uh, it came out in 2014, but it's kind of just the idea of something you cannot escape. So it's a ghost It's or like a spirit. It's basically like a curse. But the way it, it follows you is that it's transmitted through like sexual contact. So the whole movie basically starts when the main character thinks she's just going out on a normal date. Uh, things are going pretty well. She ends up having sex with the guy. And shortly after, he kind of like uses chloroform, he knocks her out, <laughs> and she wakes up, she's tied to a chair, they're in this weird, like, parking lot, abandoned building type of thing, and she's like, what the fuck is going on, you know, she's she's trying to figure out what's happening, trying to get her, her thoughts about her, and he's like, I need you to listen to me, I'm very sorry, I didn't want to do this, but I didn't know what else to do, here are the rules, and he explains to her that he just passed this kind of curse, or this ghost, he passed it over to her, and the thing about the ghost is it never stops chasing you. And it's not necessarily fast, it just kind of is walking. But it never stops. And the only way to get rid of it is either it catches you and it kills you, or you have sex with somebody and pass it on to that person. And if they just keep going, if if they keep passing it on, you know, then that's that's really the only way to do it, is what he tells her. So 
the other thing about it, if it kills the person it's chasing, it will just keep going down the line. So this guy pretty much has figured it out. He's kind of deciphered some of the behaviors of the ghost, and he's spreading it to her. He feels bad about it. He feels like he has no other choice. So he's trying to help her. He's trying to get her information so that she keeps passing it along as well. And obviously he doesn't want it to come back to him. <laughs> um, so it's just a really interesting movie. The ghost is creepy. It can. That's one of the things about it. It can look like anybody. It changes its shape often. But it's about the main character. She tells her very close friend, like her sister and her, her close friend, and they spend the movie trying to figure out basically what to do, how to pass it on, how to like, how to save themselves. But basically just that it's inevitable. They cannot escape it. And they try really hard to escape it, to fight it, all this stuff. But it, it's, it's an awesome movie. Um, it's worth checking out. If you've not seen it, or if you know if you've not heard of it, um, it's 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 very good. And just a couple more. Um, I was also going to talk about the Babadook. Now, this is probably the most popular one out of this little group of movies that I think are probably even. So, even though the Babadook is like pretty well known, it's more of like a cult classic. I do think it still deserves even more attention beyond that because it's it's just really solid. It's really creepy, and just kind of the themes it explores are pretty awesome. So a lot of these movies are about trauma or grief and how how that directly impacts people. And we've talked about on the show before, just like mental illness, different stresses that come to life, like kind of how we personally have like dealt with them. And that's really what Babadook is about, kind of just on a on a larger scale. It's about grief and, and stress and trauma and how the main characters are trying to really trying to survive through that and kind of learn to be better people. It's 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 a very good movie. I need to rewatch it. Actually, it's it's been a while, uh, but it's really solid. Uh, very creepy, especially when you don't fully understand what's happening. And I'm I'm sad. I I feel like I completely missed my chance. But they did actually make a real life version of the storybook uh, from the movie. That's that's so creepy and just so weird. And I thought about buying it when it came out, but it was uh, it was kind of pricey, and I didn't have a lot of money, extra money at that time. So. Uh, I did not go for it, but if any of you guys have it, send me pictures. I want to, I want to take a look at it. So then, the last one I was going to talk about, and this is kind of going back full circle to the descent because it's a similar, kind of a similar concept. But the last movie is As Above, So Below, and this is another 2014 movie. But it's it's really good. I think it didn't kick off with audiences as much as it should have. I'm not entirely sure why, but uh, there are a lot of things I really like about it. Just in kind of briefly go into it. It's about the catacombs in Paris that are pretty much like fully lined with like skeletons, skulls, bones of humans. And basically this this team of people that go down to kind of explore it, uh, they're trying to kind of make a name for themselves. So they're trying to like make a documentary type of thing. Actually, it goes a little bit beyond that. The main character is trying to find the Philosopher's Stone, kind of this, this idea of alchemy or taking one form of matter and, and changing it into a completely different form. So the main character has been like chasing this idea kind of for a long time. It's it's kind of been her family's legacy. They're they're all trying to figure it out, find the stone, and kind of just prove historically that it is real. Um so that search takes her to the French catacombs <laughs> and shit goes sideways. Obviously it's it is pretty creepy, but mostly the scares are coming from just that feeling of uh, you know, claustrophobia. She's in these catacombs. It's extremely tight. Uh, they're crawling on top of like skeleton, like human skeletons. So the descent had some of that because it was also based in like a cave. 
kind of a similar setting. But I think As Above, So Below, like, uses that setting to so much greater effect. It's just really, really creepy. And, you know, they keep getting lost. They keep, like, experiencing these kind of similar areas within this catacomb. So, you know, there's also a lot of supernatural elements to it as well. But it's really cool just how they tied in that story of alchemy or that idea of alchemy and kind of like some of the witchy witchy concepts that go into that and and how this character is really like the only one that believes in it and she's putting everything on the line to try to like figure it out but it's really tense lots of lots of tension just based off of that setting like i said uh pretty decent acting some good concepts strewn throughout it even outside of the alchemist stuff there's there's some cool stuff that happens in it definitely worth checking out if you've not heard of it I really liked it a lot, and I think it, it definitely flew under the radar. So yeah, just um, a handful of movies. I knew a couple of people were actually asking for this type of thing. Poor Sam just doesn't enjoy horror, horror movies the way I do, <laughs> or really at all. She just doesn't like them at all. So uh, I thought I might take this chance to do a little bit of a spooky, short group of horror movies. Maybe you guys have not heard of some of these. Uh, definitely worth checking out any of them on the list. I'm such a big fan of the genre. Definitely send any recommendations my way. I will check out anything that I'm able to. Yeah, thought it would be a fun little mini-episode for you guys, so hopefully you enjoyed it. We will be back to our regular scheduled programming, hopefully next week. Uh, But, yep, we wanted to throw this out here for you guys. At least have something come out, you know, don't want to stop our momentum. So, hopefully you've been enjoying the episode so far. Definitely follow us on social. We're out there on all the social as normal. Uh, We would like to talk to you guys, you know. Feel free to... Leave us a review, uh, spread the word, that type of thing. And yeah, hope you have a great rest of your week. See you guys next time.